Welcome to Eclipse, a Dungeons & Dragons sci-fi fantasy thriller. I'm Jeremy Fair, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be the Dungeon Master. My name is Megan Kelleher, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Ava Elkin, whose pronouns are also she, her. I'm Cage, I'll be playing Soul Red Hammer, and both of our pronouns are she, hers. I'm Danny, I'll be playing Whiskey, and both of our pronouns are she, hers. I'm Rob, I'll be playing Info Scott, and our pronouns are he, they. I'm Adam DeWeese, I go by he, him, and I'll be playing Dr. Shepard, who goes by they, them. Last time on Eclipse, you all were in the underground grotto, and you got into what was probably your fifth fight in like two hours in the actual D&D timeline. Most of you are probably running low on HP, running low on spell slots and other abilities, and you were actually in a fight with um, what can only be explained as the big bad. There was this gif yankee wearing a cloak that seemed to be made of a displacer beast, making it extremely hard to hit them. And you also fought all sorts of armored Kuatoa and all sorts of other sorts of creatures. And finally, you made it to the back room. And in this back room, you saw this Githyanki wizard. He seemed slightly panicked, shuffling and trying to gather all his supplies and rushing to the back corner of the room as you entered. And it seemed like he was setting up some sort of magical device in a very um, rushed sort of way. In fact, Sultan saw this and took it upon himself to charge at this Githyanki wizard. And the last thing that happened was Sultan tackled the Gith. There was a flash of light as this giant artifact that seemed like a teleporter activated. And both Sultan and the Githyanki teleported away moments later you notice that there were bodies hooked up to some sort of large glass machine and inside was something that looked similar to a beholder though also different the two bodies were none other than your old crew members Lita Nove and Kane and Vargas and just after coming to this realization the bodies kind of seized for a moment they seemed to flash a moment of life and then the glass shattered and out came this beholder like creature it's slightly more slender than most beholders it has a large red central eye there was no large gaping maw that you could see however each of the tendrils instead of having eyes on them like a normal beholder had small toothed mouths and you were all in the middle of a fight against this fearsome creature. And I believe it is Info's turn with an initiative of 19. Info, what would you like to do? Okay. Uh, I remember we can't touch it because it was shocking the shit out of us. I need a little more info, no pun intended, about the uh, ceiling of the space we're in. Are there like big stalactites and 
things like that? Is it like a smooth surface? Like, is there stuff that I can bring down on it? So this room is by far the most architecturally engineered room of the cave that you've seen. Like, they've made changes to the environment more so than the other parts of the cave. That being said, it's still knee-deep water. It's still jutting spires of rock, and the walls are rough and, and not hewn or changed into bricks or anything. You're very much in a cave. So if you look up above you, it's about maybe 30 feet, 32 feet high, and it is very roughly shaped, and there are uh, stalactites hanging down from above, as well as a couple stalagmites jutting up from below. What info is going to do, they are going to fire a firebolt up at the ceiling to hopefully knock something down on it to try and bring it down more into Soul Red's uh, batting range. So, uh, let me roll a firebolt here. So it was a 13 at a ceiling stalactite. So, as per the D&D 5e rules, stone has an AC of 17. So as you shoot this firebolt at the ceiling, it hits a target, but it does nothing other than scorch the ceiling. Damn, they really gave stone AC in this one, huh? They were thinking ahead. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. <laughs> and we're back, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Info, is there anything else you'd like to do? What about Rodney? What's Rodney, Rodney up to? Uh, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna say Info with a backup plan in mind, as always. He's gonna shout, Start chipping at the sides! Rodney, go! And he's gonna start force and power rending the sides of the little area that he's in to try and bring that sort of like archway down to kind of close off one of the entrances. Yeah, at this moment, Rodney is on the east side of the room that you're in, kind of where you first had encountered the Githyanki across the uh, pool of water. Because this room does have the two main entrances, the one with the door and then the one that's just open. All right, so yeah, Rodney brought that down and that was all he's holding right now. Okay, so for six damage, he's just kind of, like, chopping into the wall. Uh, yeah, he's kind of just, like, tamping at it and, like, pinching at it, chipping at it, trying to uh, do some damage there. All right, we're going to Dr. Shepard. Dr. Shepard, you are in the middle of this room. Um, you are about four, maybe five feet away from Soul Red. And uh, I don't know if it's the best word to use, but sandwiched between you is the one of the two remaining lizard folk. And then above you, about seven feet above you, is this giant beholder kin creature. Its tendrils are longer than seven feet, like a rope where they seem like they can extend and retract somehow, and yet it seems slightly out of range for most melee attacks. Yeah. So, one thing, I did just link in there my uh, channel divinity, my Twilight Sanctuary. So, if info uh, at the end of your turn, that's what that big uh, it's I'm giving off coming off of me is this 30 foot radius uh kind of soft glow 
And anybody in there, when you end your turn, you can take a D6 plus 6 temp HP. Um, obviously that doesn't stack or anything, but, uh, better than nothing if you, if you don't have any temp HP info, I didn't, I don't know if you do. Um, just a reminder about that. So that's probably going to be my most useful thing right now because I am down to one final spell slot and I am really, it's my highest level. It's a third level spell slot and I'm really trying not to be boring and try to save that to the last minute, but I may need to, um, which of course, yeah, let's do this. Let's let's play it safe. Uh, save that just in case you've got a fucking bigger, big bad about to break through the wall or something. We know you, Jeremy. Um, I'm going to cast my, uh, I'm going to, uh, shoot this thing with my, uh, spell coil staff. Um, this is kind of my bread and butter once I run out of spell slots. Uh, let me make sure that rolled right. So it's supposed to be a D4 plus my intelligence modifier instead of a 1. Is your intelligence 1? No, it's not. My intelligence modifier is a plus 3. So that would be a uh, 3 plus 3, a 6. 6 points of damage in the insta-hits. Um... How's how's attack of opportunities work against something that has super long range? Is it still just if you leave within five feet of it? Yeah, you can make a melee attack against something. So, but I'm seven feet away from it, right? So, if I scooched back, would I be cool? Yeah, you are not within five feet of it, so you are not considered adjacent. Okay. So you can move. Um. Yeah, you know what? Like you said, uh, we got this lizard folk sandwiched between me and Soul Red. I feel like it's getting a little crowded. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna scoot back a couple feet towards uh Info and Ava. Um, where's oh and Whisk? I didn't, I didn't see Whiskey back there in the corner. I mean, that's the idea. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you got the right idea. I'm also trying to just, I'm just gonna back up like ten feet away from it a bit, and then uh, go ahead and um also roll for my temp HP and my, and my, uh, soft, warm glow. And, uh, that'll be it for me. All right. Next up is this beholder kin. This thing has these flailing tendrils moving around and it is going to extend one of these tendrils straight down at this lizard folk that is standing directly below it, right next to soul red. Uh, one of the tendrils is going to attempt to grab this lizard folk for a 24 to hit. That will hit. So it's going to hit it for 3d6 plus 4 piercing damage. Just in case you forget how lethal it is. <sighs> Dealing 11 damage to this lizard folk. If it is huge or smaller, it is grappled. So as this tendril wraps around this lizard folk, it bites into its flesh, and it's holding it still. It is then going to use its other ability to use that um, mouth-like sucker tendril to try to drain some life energy out of this lizard folk, and they are required to make a constitution saving throw. Don't like that. And... They got a nine, a nine total. Because they failed, they're going to take 4d10 lightning damage. <laughs> hey, Jeremy, when this thing dies, can it shout out its name? 
suddenly a burst of electric energy can visibly be seen just reverberating over this lizard folk's body. Its eyes go wide and it drops down into the water. Uh, dead. Oh, no. You're not certain, but you look, you feel as if the Beholderkin is somehow rejuvenated after performing such an attack. Yeah, I forgot about that. It still has one more multi-attack left, and it's going to use one of its tendrils, and it's going to go straight for Soul Red. This one is a 27 to hit. Yeah, no, that doesn't hit. This is a 19 on the roll. And it's going to be uh, 3d6 plus plus 4. Ripperoni. Uh, 11 damage. That was lucky. 11 piercing damage. There goes all my temp HP. And then go ahead and make a strength saving throw. Mm -hmm. Please. That's gotta be a good. That's shot, a though, fourteen. Right? Half of that's that is, my modifier. <laughs> that is what you needed. Oh, thank you God! Not <laughs> I rolled a seven. <laughs> so red, it's your turn. Explain how you avoided this grapple, and then take your turn. Um, she's just like I think she saw what happened to this lizard folk, and she's just like using her maul to like keep her out of it. She's just like kind of swinging it around. Um. Is she, like, in melee with this thing, though, or is it, like, floating up too high for her to hit it? Because it's, like, the tentacles they have, like, a reach, reach right? You were standing on top of one of these jutted rocks right. that are coming out. I'll say, because I, I did mention it was seven feet above the water, I do think this rock is slightly more than two feet up. Okay. So I think you're within five feet of it. Okay. Cool. Well, then I'm going to hit it twice with my maul um, using my extra attack. Um... Oop, that's not going to hit because I rolled a two on it. Um, but the other one uh, is a 21 to 21 hit. 21 will hit. That'll do the job. Um, That's going to be 15 bludgeoning damage. All right. Yeah, when you hit it with this uh, melee bludgeoning attack, you, f- you don't feel like it's necessarily weak to it, but like it's not resistant. Like You feel that soft flesh. It does seem like... Hard melee attacks are very effective against this thing. Defense is not its strong suit. Um, so I, with Crusher, I can like if I hit a creature with an attack that deals bludgeoning damage, I can move it five feet to an occupied space. Do I move it up or I'm down? I'm trying to think. Right. That's what I'm tr- trying to think. If if that would help people, if I brought it down further. I feel like most of y'all are probably be doing ranged attacks anyway. Uh, I would, yeah, Ava. I would. Ooh, sorry, I just punched my microphone. I <laughs> in character, very in character. <laughs> just got the got to, method acting. No, well, I would like to punch it. So <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. So I'll I'll knock it down then a little bit so Ava can try and get to it better. Thanks. So I can do five feet. All right, so you hit this thing and you knock it down so it is yeah. lowered down just, five the mall like just goes hovering. top down <laughs> like whack-a-mole <laughs> it's hovering just maybe a foot above the water at this point um some of its tendrils are in the water cool. oh that's, that's probably not good oh 
Yeah, with the electricity. It's electric. Good thing I'm not in the water. <laughs> it's electric. <laughs> <laughs> the song they'll play at your funeral. All right, Ava, your turn. I hope they play the electric slide at my funeral. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right on top of my grave. Yeah. <laughs> Put it in your oh, will. Oh, God. I'm going to um, move over to be on top of this rock that's right next to this beholder. So I'm not in the water. Uh, but I am going to make three unarmed strikes because I don't have any key points left. So let's see. That's going to be uh, 17 to hit. Does that hit? That does hit. Okay. The second one is a 24 to hit. And the third one is... A 24. Okay, you hit a lot. So they all hit. All right, so let's roll damage. Um, The, I want to make sure I'm doing all my modifiers right because it's been a second. Okay, eight plus nine plus 11 is 28. Thank you. Yep, 28 damage. This thing, now that it's within melee range, it seems like that was the right move. And you are just pummeling it. Anything else? Uh, no, I think I'm just kicking it repeatedly in the eyeball. <laughs> Seems like a good approach. It's always worked. It's never failed me in the past. All right, that moves us to Whiskey. Whiskey, you are the furthest away out of the group. You are currently about 36 feet away from this thing. What would you like to do? Well, that's a little bit far for what I want to do. I am, I'm, I'm looking at what I got to do and I got to get closer and I don't want to get closer, but I'm going to have to get closer. Uh, I wish I hadn't used up all my spells. About 17 feet in front of you is a platform you could stand on so you don't have to be in the water, which is knee deep for everyone else, but neck deep for whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get on that platform and that should put me within about 15 feet of that critter. That. Uh, yeah, like yeah, like seventeen feet away. I stand real close to the edge. <laughs> All right, yeah. If you you're right there on the edge, I'd say you're fifteen feet. All right, I am gonna cast a spell, and I'm gonna cast burning hands. So I hold my thumbs together, my fingers apart, and a sheet of flames comes shooting out. And uh, I, I do have sculpt magic, so I'm not gonna hit my friends. But that needs to be a dexterity save. A ten. Well, that fails. All right. So that is going to be 4d6. I think Dr. Shepard's like ducking their head under the water. I feel like Dr. Shepard's the type of creature that has to stay moist. Wouldn't be good in a desert. <laughs> I don't know. don't like send us to a desert, Jeremy. <laughs> you're just like a weird octopus creature. Just seems like... I am going to roll on D&D Beyond because I can't see what these fucking dice are. Uh, that's your weakness. Are you sure, Danny? I just Oh, Jamie called it. The number's it. red. But I, I can't. I got. These are that special constellation dice. Oh, my God. And the sixes are just a whole bunch of dots. So I have to count the dots that are connected. Oh, look at those rolls. Three though. ones and a five on that 46. Or four. Yeah, 46. So with a 46, you dealt eight damage uh -huh. with burning hands. So you shoot right. this 
flame forward, but it's more like a sizzle. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you're focusing on balancing and not falling in the water. Yeah. And it's just a little beam of uh, heat that hits this thing for eight fire damage. Damn. Is there anything else you can do? Because I'm sure there's a lot you would like to do. No, I, I think that's probably about all that I can manage. I don't. I don't have any fun bonus actions. I could two-weapon fight, but pff, I'm not getting that close to that thing. And then we are back to Info. It's only been 20 minutes. It's your turn again. Info is going to recognize that that thing is now lower and touching water, and knowing how electricity works, he is going to move over way out of the water, still within fighting range for most of what I've got here. Uh, then Info's going to give up on trying to shoot rocks because can't risk bringing it down on someone else's head nearby. And they're going to aim Ray of Frost at the beast and give it a go. And it was a dismal failure rolling a 10 to hit. Yeah, you shoot this Ray of Frost and between the multiple glass tubes that are standing in the water, at least the ones that haven't been shattered yet, and the different jutting out rock surfaces around the room, uh, you're not quite able to hit this thing. It's been brought so low to the water that it's uh, harder to hit at a range. So is Rodney trying to just, like, collapse the door? Rodney's going to kill themselves. <laughs> yeah, Rodney's trying to uh, chip away the supporting structure of whatever arch space that we walked through there to try and bring the walls down to enclose the space. Rodney's trying to, like, Shawshank us out of this. <laughs> All right. Dr. Shepard, what would you like to do? You're, you know, like eight feet away from this terrible monster with tendrils that are much longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, first of all, does anybody else have any cool fucking items that they completely forgot about? Uh, because I, I do. I've got some items I've never, ever used. Like I had a disguise and a clockwork amulet. That's pretty cool. Uh, Shepard's saying this telepathically more. to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Just to everybody in, in the their middle brains. of like, combat. Everyone, see if anyone's got like a gun. I know your normal uh, voice represents. You ever, you ever discover that you have a hat that you forgot? <laughs> I mean, I have the breathing bubble. That's kind of like a hat, right? Just goes over your yeah, entire I mean, head. <laughs> I mean, it's the... At that point, I think it becomes a helmet. I don't know. <laughs> big hat. Semantics. It's a big hat. Um, how, if I if I were to glance around the room and try to get a gauge on how well my buds are doing, I look over. I see Soul Red up there on that mountain. How how beat up is Soul Red looking up there? I said uh, on a scale of. Uh, one to sixty-five. She's a thirty-four with like a plus nine. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how the temp HP actually looks like physically. Yeah. Uh, but okay. She's glowing. It's like band aids. Yeah. Um. I'll. My gaze will just start to drift over, and I'll look at Ava very quick. This is a very quick six seconds. I'm just taking a a pulse on the situation. Ava looks healthy and happy because she's getting to kick something <laughs> in the eye. Hell yeah. Uh, I'll turn around, start to uh, look at Whiskey up on that rock, looking taller than me for the first she time She looks ever. wet and angry, but relatively healthy. <laughs> okay. I can't do anything <laughs> no about that. No prestidigitation to take okay. all the water off. <laughs> uh, and then, unfortunately not. 
And then uh, last, certainly not least, I'll glance over at Info, my metallic buddy. And he, uh, Info sees you glance over and waves an arm and like a thumb kind of goes, like a bolt falls <laughs> That'll be okay. That'll be okay. Like, All right. Uh, not good. I'm asking that because I'm, I am now, I'm going to save my last spell slot, which of course, if, if you guys haven't figured out by now, I do not have any damaging cantrips. So all I've got is that spell coil staff. So again, I'm going to fire off a bolt of my spell coil staff. Six, that was six damage. I'm, I'm saving my last third level spell slot until people really need some heals and stuff. And I'm also not going to use my, um, temp HP bubble thingy because I actually rolled max last time so you hit it with six uh force damage and uh anything else no i'm I'm, i think i'm in a good spot um actually you know what i'm kind of i see his uh or it's uh tentacles kind of dangling in the water and drifting in and out of the water and um i'm right next to a stalagmite or uh the little rock formation i'm just gonna take a couple steps up right there and get my toes out of the water all right. As you do so, as you're clamoring upon the the rocks, you look quite tasty to this thing. It's going to launch uh, one of its tentacles towards Doctor Shepard, and that is a twenty-one to hit. I'll do it. Thirteen okay. piercing damage as this tendril launches towards you. Go ahead and make a strength saving throw mm. to see if you are grappled. You guys want to know what my strength modifier is? Oh God, do we? It is a negative one. I got a 15. I wrote higher than Soul Red did with hers plus seven. All right. So this thing tries to grab you. How do you avoid this, Dr. Shepard, using strength? I I think, well, I kind of want to skin it that it's more luck than anything because I don't think narratively I can make sense of how I would do anything stronger than Soul Red. I think it's more that I just got out of the water. And it's probably a little bit more of it would probably be like more like a like a deck save or acrobatics or something. I think it's more that I'm like uh, slick to the touch. So when it tries to wrap around me, like a I, squid person. yeah, I kind of uh, at the same time take a half step back and also dip down a little bit. And it's it's like coils it around me. It's long tentacle around me. And when I do that, it just kind of like pops over out of my uh, like above my head and recoils back to it. Was it like uh, you like arm wrestled it with your tendril, tendril on tendril action? <laughs> yeah, and all and just just for the podcast sake, um, Cage did just type in Zoom I'm chat too right? moist to hoist. Uh, I think I don't know if that's an episode <laughs> title or what, but uh, like it one. just oh it needs too to much. be in the too episode. Much. We can't just keep that in the Zoom chat. I'm glad you announced that because that's how I choose the episodes every time. <laughs> the episode titles. All right. Um, it will then make its second attack against Doctor Shepard. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> this one's a sixteen to hit. Yeah, that hits again. Oh no! All right. So, uh, the first one, it didn't like it. It didn't like the fact that something so frail was apparently so strong. And it's going to hit you for 19 piercing damage. I drop unconscious, which means I think I insta-fail any kind of strength save. So I think it just gobbles me up. I had 16 HP left. It's going to use a drain ability 
to damage you for 21 damage, so it's one automatic failure. And it's going to restore some health. Easy pickings. All right, Soul Red, it's your turn. You see this thing feeding. I'm going to the fuck out of this. Feeding on Dr. Shepard. It, is it still wrapped around Dr. Shepard? Yeah, it has one tension. The first one, like, grabbed onto it, and he, like, managed to get it off. And then the second one's, like, wrapped around him. And you literally see it, like, grabbing into into them and and sucking the energy. Can I try to hit that tentacle in particular to try to get it to let go of him? Fuck this one tentacle yeah. in particular. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you can target that, that one specific tentacle. Okay. I wish you had something sharp to cut it off instead of just smoosh it. Smoosh. Dude, my heart's pounding. Uh, That's a 21 hit. 21 hits. So let me give you an option. You can deal the normal damage, whatever you roll, or you can deal half damage, and it no longer is grappling them. Okay, I'll do a half damage, no longer grapple, because that was my my effort. Um, so the total on that was twelve, so six damage, and it's no longer grappling him. All right, so yeah, you hit this thing for six damage, and it releases them very quickly, and its uh, tendril kind of recoils a little bit. Okay. Um, and then I'm gonna hit like, its main body for my extra okay. attack then. Because it's not grappling anybody else, right? Because the the lizard folk that was there is is right. No at this right? point, it is not grappling anyone. <laughs> so it's, it hasn't grabbed anyone else. Okay. Ooh, that's a net one. <laughs> Just gonna. Is that your second net one? No. Oh, okay. I thought you rolled another is two. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I rolled a two, I yeah. think. So you miss. Time. Go ahead and roll a D one hundred for me. We're gonna see how poorly you oh, miss. Oh balls! It's like a fumble, like a fumble. Or how well or you missed. However you want to look at it. Half glass full, glass half full. Either one. That's a fourteen. Is that good or a bad? Fourteen out of a hundred. Uh-huh. Right, so <laughs> I know mean, we're doing like prices right. Like lower. Make no price, an that acrobatics make check. Okay, yeah, that's not my forte. Uh, acrobatics, you say? 14? Question mark. On a D20, that sounds a lot better than on the D100. It does sound pretty good. So you swing, and you put so much effort into the swing, you're just so angry about the fact that Dr. Shepard just collapsed. You fall off this rock, and you land in the water, and... um. I don't think you're, like, prone or anything, but you are now in the water, which puts you at about eye level with this thing. I would like to uh, use my movement to scramble back the fuck up that rock. All right. <laughs> Thank you. you. So. <laughs> I think that she's like, <sighs> well, uh, that didn't go very well. All right, Ava. Um, you saw all this go down. What are you going to do I'm gonna about it? I'm going to say... I thought we said no diving. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm going to make three unarmed attacks. And that's going to be... I hope this is three nat 20s right in a row. Oh my god, can you imagine? Uh, 17. A 10. Oh. And a 27. 
Oh. All right. So the 17 and the 27 Close. hit. All right. Let's roll this damage. Okay. 10 plus six. So just 16. All right. 16 damage from your unarmed strike. Not bad. Not bad. Anything else? No, nope, that's all I can do. All right, we go to Whiskey. Whiskey, what are you doing? About uh, nine feet to your right or so is a fallen Dr. Shepard. Right, and um, that's really too bad. Um, <laughs> but I have... <laughs> it's been a fun three weeks that you knew them. Will a 15 hit? A 15 will not hit. Oh, damn, I thought that would... Well... There, there's not a lot else I can do. Damn. All right. Unfortunately, you whiff on your attempt, and we go to... I'm going to move back. Uh, I'm going to... Yeah, join us chicken shits at the entrance. <laughs> All right. Yes. So you, you whiff on yeah. your attempt, and you move backwards, and now you are standing near info over where the double doors are next to that table where you found all the information. And um, we're going to go to info. Info, you were right next to Whiskey. You can absolutely see what happened to Dr. Shepard here. You were close to 40 feet away from this creature. Yeah. Uh, Info doesn't really have anything they can do for Shepard right now other than trying to do some damage to this creature. And it's been lowered down into the water a bit, so we'll try that ray of frost again to see if we can kind of freeze it up here. Well, only a 14 to hit, so... Yeah, the 14 is not enough. Once again, you do this Ray of Frost, but it's just so hard to hack this situation. There's just so many, like, rocks and, and these glass tubes in front of you. Hitting this thing is a problem. Yeah, my spell modifier is, like, a plus four or a plus eight hit DC. It says plus eight. Yeah, it's a plus eight, so it's terrible. Terrible rolls. And Rodney is still chipping away, like, a little, like, thing that chips away at rocks. All right, then we'll end your turn. Dr. Shepard, you have one failure. Go ahead and make yeah, a death save. if I throw. roll a one. If you roll a one, you're dead forever. <laughs> I need to start thinking of character ideas before I hit enter here. Good vibes, good vibes. Twelve. Okay, success. One failure, one success. We move on to our favorite, the Beholderkin. No, fuck this guy. <laughs> we should have put him in the table jail. That would have been so much easier. It would have been a good use. Beholderkin is not very happy about um, Ava and how <laughs> how skilled they are. So it's going to target them. And it is going to get a, a 14 plus 8, so a 22 to hit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you're hit Sheesh. for 28 damage. 4d10. It got 28 piercing damage one of these tendrils extends right into your sternum and it just starts biting through the chest plate armor and you feel these fangs digging into you for 28 okay let me map. are you still up yes um okay did the temp hp all disappear when shepherd went down you keep your temp hp you just weren't able to get it get again more. after okay yeah. so then Make a strength saving throw to see if you're grappled. Hold on one second. Trying to see what my how the damage is here. Okay, yeah, no, I'm down. I'm not down. Um, strength save. 
let's see. That's a 18. All right. You are not grappled. So as this tendril tries to grab at you, it will break free because you're able to not be grappled. It'll attack again. And this time it gets a 15. Um, that does not hit. All right. Ooh. So the second one tries to grab onto you, but you're moving and breaking free from the first one. So it misses a third tendril will then extend backwards, grab onto the body of Kanan Vargas and fling the body across the room. Whiskey, make a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> Whiskey thought she was safe back there. <laughs> oh, hell. Uh, 16 plus one, 17. 17. The body of Kanan Vargas flings across the room and just misses you because of your height. And it just flops across the floor, landing in front of the table where you had found all this information about whatever this faction's plans are. And we will move to Soul Red. Info's gonna look back and go, oh, too bad you couldn't pull it back like a yo-yo. That would have been totally meta. <laughs> God. Uh, do I go try to stabilize? What would I need to do in order to stabilize... Uh, our good friend, Dr. Shepard. You would need to make a successful medicine check. Yeah. It would put them at zero HP I don't know HP if y'all want me making a medicine check. I think that might be a wasted turn. I'm just like punching <laughs> Dr. Shepard in the chest. I have a plus one to medicine. Can't be worse than info. <laughs> Do a medicine check on me. Oh, oh, man. I just... Gotta get to his heart. I just, like, am terrified that you'll get a nat one on one of your saves. But if we kill it, then we can just save you anyway, right? So maybe I should just try to hit it a bunch. Death is like healing. Or if we get out of here, we can always get a new doctor. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, yeah, I've got a uh, brother, doctor, or I guess it would still be Dr. Shepard, wouldn't it? It's a, He's got a, it's in psychology, his doctorate, but... Uh, <laughs> Are they, the is it like Frasier where there's like two siblings and <laughs> Professor Shepard. <laughs> Professor Shepard instead of Dr. Shepard. Okay, I'm just going to hit it, I think. Oh, boy. Uh, that's only a 15 to hit. I don't think that does, right? 15 falls slightly short. Uh, that was a dirty 20, though. That hits. Um... That is nine damage. And I think what I would like to do, I would like to hit it in a direction again. I'm trying to think because I, right towards <laughs> Dr. Look what you've I was thinking if I could hit it away from Dr. Shepard, that could maybe allow Ava to quick jump over there without getting an opportunity attack. I was going to say, like, if you could if you could hit it so that it, I'm not, like, engaged right. anymore. Because I have an okay medicine bonus. Okay. So, I yeah, I think I'll do that. Um, I just was worried that I was pull pulling it further out of range for whiskey and, and info, but maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Um... 
so yeah, okay. I, uh, because I hit it with bludgeoning then with the crusher feet, I'm going to um, knock it five feet in a direction away from Dr. Shepard and Ava, so that way Ava's no longer in melee with it. All right. Did you want to knock it back towards the teleporter machine or towards where Whiskey and Info are standing? I guess if you're trying to get away from Dr. Shepard, it'd be closer to the teleporter. Yeah, it would have to be tor- closer towards the teleporter, because otherwise I think... Whiskey, or Ava would still have to cross by it in order to get to Dr. Shepard. All right, yeah, you're able to hit it with such force it goes flying backwards about five feet. Okay. Uh, did you want to move or that anything? That be my turn. Okay. We go to Ava. Ava, what would you like to do? This thing is well, now about five feet away. I guess maybe I'll like try to jump onto the rock where Ava is, so that way I'm between Ava and, the, and this dude. All right. So we go to to kind of give her an easier pass. We go to Ava, and uh, you're standing on this rock. Soul Red is between you and this beholder. All right, I'm gonna leapfrog. No, that's not the right word. I'm gonna... <laughs> like Soul Red, get down! I want to jump over you. No, um, <laughs> I'm gonna hop. She do it too. Yeah, I'm gonna hopscotch uh, over from this rock to this. Uh, I think it's like an incubator thing over to the rock where. Dr. Shepard is, and I'm going to do a medicine check. And we're going to hope it is good. Uh, 15? All right. I think 15 is pretty good. It's like 75% on the <laughs> good scale. So explain how you revive Dr. Shepard at zero HP. Like you make them so they're not dying. Like stabilize. Yeah, I'm going to, um, I don't ha- I don't have enough sort of like access to my life energy key to do anything cool or really heal, but I'm just going to summon up like the absolute last dregs of it from my body and just tr- kind of shoot like a little bit of like healing defibrillator energy through my hands at Dr. Shepard. So you're able to stabilize Dr. Shepard. Dr. Shepard is no longer dying, but they are still unconscious at zero HP. Is there anything else you'd like to do with a movement or a bonus action? Uh, Nope, that's all I can do. All right, and as Dr. Shepard is stabilized, that's where we'll end this episode of Eclipse. (sighs) Sheesh! Hey everybody, this is Jeremy, your DM. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Eclipse. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did when we recorded it. The plot is really starting to take off now, so I'm super excited to get deeper into this story. The next episode of Eclipse will release in two weeks, so make sure that you're subscribed to Eclipse so you never miss an episode. And if you've enjoyed Eclipse, please tell your friends about us. Go wherever you like to get your podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. We have gotten a lot of downloads and a lot of positive feedback, so I really, really appreciate all the support. You can keep up to date with all the Eclipse content by following us on Twitter. That is at EclipsePod. We are super active on there. You can also go to TheEclipsePod.com where you can learn about the show and the crew and all the awesome voice actors that are playing the characters for Eclipse. Eclipse is part of the Majestic Goose Podcast Network, so you will want to check that out as well. We're home to over a dozen podcasts and streams. We have everything from actual plays to talk shows. We even do a live nerdy craft stream every week, so we really do it all here on the Majestic Goose Network. 
We release new content six days a week with shows like Doom Clock, One Shot Onslaught, Halfway to Hero, Dice Talk, Roll for Weird, and many, many more. So go to MajesticGoose.com and check out all that awesome stuff on there. You can check out our weekly streaming schedule and just come say hi to us. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time on Eclipse.